0: HD Smartcast You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast So your employer allows you to work remotely but you just end up working out of your home What if you could work from some of the best picturesque locations like Bali Spain or Portugal A digital nomad visa will let you do that Hi I'm Shipra from Mint's personal finance team and welcome back to Why Not Mint Money In today's episode I will tell you how you can work remotely from Spain or Portugal. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. First things first, what is a digital nomad visa? These are visas that are issued to remote workers from other nations. For instance, say you're a marketing professional working from home for an Indian company but you want to work from Spain for a year. Now, if you were to get a normal work visa, you would need a job from a local employer, that is an employer in Spain. The digital nomad visa is very different. Your job does not need to have any connection with the country that is issuing this visa. Currently, over 30 countries are offering working professionals, which by the way, also includes self-employed people, this residence permit. And Spain and Portugal are the latest to have launched a special visa. But eligibility criteria for a digital nomad visa are stringent. The most prominent one is earning a certain income or having a minimum bank balance that varies depending on each country. For example, Portugal mandates that an individual must have a monthly income equivalent to four times the minimum wage in that country. Now, this works out to about uh, 3,040 euros per month, which is which in INR is about 2.7 lakh. Apart from this, one must also consider the cost of living in such countries, which would generally be higher for expats than what it would be for locals in the country. So let me take you through all the prerequisites that you need to get to be qualified for digital Nomad visa. And let's start by proof of income. In Spain, one must maintain a bank balance of at least 25,000 euro. Alternatively, the same amount can be your annual income demonstrated through work contract and payslips an additional 9,441 euro for each family member is to be shown if you're traveling with family. For Portugal, like I mentioned, that you need to have about 3,040 euros monthly income. But here is a catch with Portugal, that you need to know the difference between the D8 visa applicable for digital nomads and the D2 visa, which has been in existence for quite some time. For the D2 visa, the services must be provided by the individual for a client based out of Portugal or any other European country. On the other hand, for the digital nomad visa or the D8 visa, the client can be anywhere in the world and the work must be done remotely. The D2 visa requires the individual to earn at least the minimum national wages in Portugal, which is about 760 euros per month. The D8 visa, on the other hand, requires an individual to earn four times the minimum national wage, which comes out to about 3,040 euros a month. The proof of income criterion is usually quite high for all the countries that offer this kind of visa. For instance, Bali requires you to ha- show 1.8 crore in bank at the time of applying for the visa. Similarly, Croatia requires you to show about 20 lakh in bank, while for Norway, it is around 30 lakh. Greece requires a monthly income of 3 lakh, whereas Mexico requires a monthly income of about 1.34 lakh. Uh, Please note that all these figures that I just told you in INR have been converted from local currency. Coming back to the two countries that we will focus on in this podcast, Spain and Portugal. Now, apart from proof of income, you also need to submit some documents. For Spain, an individual must demonstrate proper documentation that she has been working for a company or has been an independent professional for at least three months prior to the application. Also, proof that the individual is employed with a company that is in operation for at least one year is required. Now, apart from this, the person must also prove that she has qualified experience by providing proof of graduation or post-graduation from a prestigious uh, institution, professional training, and recognized business schools. Or alternatively, you can show three years of related work experience prior to the application. Now, health insurance is mandatory that you need to buy in India. And you also need to give a criminal record certificate. As for Portugal, uh, the working professional must submit either a work contract or a declaration by the employer confirming the labor length. Now, in the case of self-employed, A contract copy or a document attesting the services provided to one or more clients is required. One must also submit the past three-month payslips as proof of income and a work contract that implies that an individual can work remotely 100%. Valid travel insurance that covers necessary medical expenses is a must. And likewise, Spain, you may also be asked to submit the criminal record. Now, while those going to Portugal on a residence visa will be covered under the public health system in that country, one still needs to obtain medical insurance as part of the application documents. Now, the next question is, what is the period for which a digital nomad visa is issued? For Spain, it can be obtained for one year. However, if you are already in Spain on a tourist visa and you apply from there, then you you will get a straight three-year visa. And the visa can be renewed each year up to a total of five years. As for Portugal, you can apply for the digital nomad visa to visit Portugal via two ways. Temporary stay visa for less than a year or residency visa for up to two years. For both Spain and Portugal, the cost of applying for a digital nomad visa is roughly 75 to 80 euros. It is slightly more when you're applying for a residence card. Now, you must be wondering that, will you be allowed to work locally in those countries during your stay? Well, the rules vary. In the case of Spain, the terms and conditions to apply for a digital nomad visa state that income received in Spain or from a Spanish company cannot represent more than 20% of the total income. So this could mean that while you may be allowed to work for a local employer, income from the Spanish employer cannot exceed 20% of your total income in a particular year. For Portugal, D8 visa does not envisage that the applicant would take up the local employment. If an applicant finds a job in Portugal due, due to his skill set and if the employer is willing to sponsor a work visa, it could be applied through the normal process applicable in the EU. Now the next big question is taxes. Do you need to pay pay taxes in that country, the country that you're going to be staying in and what about your tax in India? So one must determine whether he or she becomes a resident in such a country for their period of stay. If an individual becomes a residence of Spain or Portugal or any other country for that matter, you know, uh, through digital nomad visa, such an individual in most cases has to file their tax returns in that country and declare their global income on which taxes need to be paid as per domestic tax laws of such country. However, each country or tax jurisdiction has its own way of determining the residential status of a person. Now when it comes to taxability in India, if any income that you have earned in a year arises or accrues or is received in India, irrespective of your residency status in the other country where you are staying temporarily that income will be liable to be taxed in India. Not just that, if an individual becomes a non-resident in India because of the period of stay abroad, but still earns income from India, TDS rate applicable for such an individual would be much higher. The TDS rate for an NRI depends on the domestic tax law and the treaty India has signed with the resident foreign country. And it will be higher for the NRI as surcharge and CES is added to the TDS rate. Having said that, when an income is taxed in more than one tax jurisdiction, the country of residence can provide foreign tax credit on such doubly taxed income, which is subject to its domestic tax laws. And this is something that you can find out with the country that you intend to stay in. Now, if you're going to be staying in a foreign country, should you open a bank account in that country? And will you be allowed to even if you want to? In Spain, To open a bank account, you have to request an NIE, which is an identification number in Spain. This has nothing to do with the visa and it is something that you purchase from the police in the country. As for Portugal, if you're going there as a digital nomad, even for less than one year, you need to have the local tax number and a bank account because it is expected that the person would pay taxes in Portugal. Now, coming to the application process and how long will it take for the visa to be processed? The option to apply for a digital nomad visa for Spain from India is not open yet because this visa was launched just in December. So it has been a very short while and India is yet to open the applications. However, you can exercise a second option, which is of applying from Spain. So you visit Spain on a tourist visa and you submit your application and the required documents to get a three-year straight digital nomad visa. Uh, for Portugal, in the South Asia region, my golden pass have seen that there is a delay in the visa processing currently due to a huge demand. So individuals are recommended that they shouldn't have higher expectations of being able to go to Portugal in the next six months from starting the process. It might take much longer than that, say about a year, given the time that it is taking in processing the visa. Now comes the lot But the most important question, what are the financial aspects to keep in mind to stay in such countries? See, in a digital nomad visa, your employer will most likely be based out of India, which means that your income will majorly be denominated in rupees. In that case, the cost of living in a European country will be significantly high after considering the conversion rate. Additionally, There will be a few added expenses that you as an expat will have to bear in every country. For instance, a local national would be able to get a house at a certain rate, whereas expats will not be able to get, you know, the same house at the same rate and will have to pay a premium on it. So you must budget in the additional amounts that you would incur on staying there as an expat. So I did some research and I carried some calculation that to find out that monthly expenses towards the basics of rent, groceries, local commute, and utility will estimate to around 1.4 lakh per month in Spain and 1.65 lakh in Portugal. This is when you're staying in a tier one city. So for Spain, we took the example of Madrid and for Portugal, we took the example of Lisbon. Now, if you were to live in a tier two city, All these costs would come down by 20 to 30 percent because, of course, you know, the rent will be much lesser. And since an individual will have the flexibility to stay anywhere in the country, these are some of the costs that you can save by staying off the city centers. Now, take note that these figures of 1.45 lakh in Spain and 1.65 lakh in Portugal It includes the very basics and does not include expenses on recreational activities like eating out, drinking, sightseeing, shopping and travel, you know, that you will most likely incur on a regular basis. But here is something that I would like to point out that though these costs may seem prohibitively high, it is, it should be noted that they fall well within the minimum income criteria that is being set by these countries. For instance, Portugal demands a. Minimum monthly income of 3040 euros, which is about 2.7 lakh per month. Whereas living expenses is about 1.65 lakh in uh, Portugal. So this means that living costs in the country, though seemingly high, are well within the means of anyone who meets the income criteria in the first place. That brings us to the end of today's episode. If you would like to know more about this topic, or make a suggestion of a personal finance topic that you would like us to cover, I can be reached at Twitter under the username of Shipra Singh Sarath and on LinkedIn at Shipra Singh. Thank you for tuning in. See you in the next episode. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.